Hello, this is Mrs. Tritton reading Chapter 7 of The K, written by Theodore Taylor. It seemed hours, but it was probably only one until Timothy said, Do not be alarmed now, young boss. I am going to jump into the water and kick this raft to the shore. Without that, we'll pass the island by and by. In a moment, I heard a splash on one side of the raft, and then Timothy's feet began drumming the water. I guess he was not afraid of sharks this close in. Soon, he yelled, bottom, young boss, bottom. His feet had touched sand. In a few minutes, the raft lurched, and I knew it had grounded. I listened for sounds from shore, hoping there would be a cheerful, hello, but there were none. Just the wash of the low surf around the raft. Timothy said, here, young boss, on my shoulders, and I'll fetch you to the land. He helped me to his back. I said, don't forget stew cat. He laughed back heartily. One at a dime, young boss. With me on his back, he splashed ashore, and judging from the time it took, the raft wasn't very far out. Then he lifted me down again. Lan, he shouted. The warm sand did feel good on my feet, and now I was almost glad that we wouldn't have to spend another night on the hard, wet boards of the raft. He said, touch it, young boss, feel the land, tis outrageous good. I reached down. The grand grains of sand felt very fine, almost like powder. Timothy said, tis a beautiful K, this K, never have I seen this K. Then he led me to sit under a clump of bushes. He said, you rest easy while I pulled the raft more out of the water. We must not lose it. I sat there in the shade, running sand through my fingers, wondering where among all those many islands in the Caribbean we were. Timothy shouted up from the water. Many fish here, langosta too. I be knowing we roast them. Langosta, I knew, was the native lobster, the one without claws. I heard Timothy splashing around down by the surf and knew he was pulling the raft up as far as he could get it. A moment later, puffing hard, he flopped down beside me. He said, catch me breath. Then I will tour the island and select a place for the camp. He put Stew Cap, Cat into my lap. Camp? I asked, stroking Big Stew. Timothy replied, we may be here two, three days, so we be living comfortable. He could tell I was discouraged because we had come to the island and there were no people on it. He said confidently, we be rescued true. Before the night, I built a great fire pile of brush and wood. So the next aircraft that fly over, we set it off. Where are we, Timothy? Near Panama? He answered slowly, I cannot be sure, young boss, not very sure. But you said you knew about the banks and the caves that are near the banks. I wondered if he knew anything, really, or was he just a stupid old black man? Timothy said, listen, I know that many banks and caves are around 15 north and 80 long. There is Roncador and Serranano. Quinto Sin Sueño and Serenilla and Rosalind. Den, there is Beacon and North Cay. Off to the west somewhere is Providencia and San Andres. He paused a moment and then said, 
far way up there. I think it's the Caymans and then Jamaica. But you're not sure of this island? Timothy answered gravely. True, I am not sure. Do the schooners usually come close by here? I asked. Again, very gravely, Timothy said. The man who fishes follow the fish. Certainly the fish be here. I be seeing with my own self eyes. I kept feeling that Timothy was holding something back from me. It was the tone of his voice. I'd heard my father talk that way a few times. Once when he didn't want to tell me my grandfather was about to die. Another time was when a car ran over my dog in Virginia. Of course, both times happened when I was younger. Now, my father was always honest with me. I thought because he said that in the end, that was better. I wish Timothy would be honest with me. Instead, he got up to take a walk around the K, saying he'd be back in a few minutes. Then, Stewcat wandered away. I called to him, but he seemed to be exploring too. Realizing that I was alone on the beach, I became frightened. I knew how helpless I was without Timothy. First, I began calling for Stew Cat, but when he didn't return, I began shouting for Timothy. There was no answer. I wondered if he'd fallen down and was hurt. I began to crawl along the beach and ran head on into a clump of low-hanging brush. I sat down again, batting at gnats that were buzzing around my face, Something brushed against my arm and I yelled out in terror, but I heard a meow and knew it was only Stu Cat. I reached for him and held him tight until I heard brush crackling and sang out, Timothy? Yes, young boss, he called back from quite a distance. When he was closer, I said harshly, never leave me again. Don't you ever leave me again? He laughed. There is nothing to fear, ear. I walked round the whole island, and there is nothing but sea grape, sand, a few little lizard, and those palm tree. I repeated, never leave me alone, Timothy. All right, young boss, I promise, he said. He must have been looking all around, for he said, no water here, but tis no problem. We still have water in the keg, and we will trap more on the first rain. Still believing he wasn't telling me everything, I said, you were gone a long time. He answered unusual, uneasily, 30 minutes at most. The island's about a mile long and a half mile wide, shaped like the melon. I found a place to make our camp up near the palm. T'will be a good place for a lookout. The rise is about 40 feet from the sea. I nodded and said, I'm hungry, hungry, Timothy. We were both hungry. He went back to the raft, took out the keg of water and the tin of biscuits and chocolate. While we were eating, I said, you are worried about something, Timothy. Please tell me the truth. I'm old enough to know. Timothy waited a long time before answering, probably trying to choose the right words. Finally, he said, Young boss, there is in this part of the sea a few little caves like this one surrounded on both sides by humble banks. They are cut off from the rest of the sea by these banks. I tried to make a mental picture of that. Several small islands tucked 
up inside great banks of coral that made navigation dangerous was what I finally decided on. You think we are on one of those Ks? Maybe, young boss, maybe. Fear coming back to me, I knew he'd made a mistake bringing us ashore. I said, then no ship will pass even close to us, not even schooners. We're trapped here. Might live here forever, I thought. Again, he did not answer directly. I was beginning to learn that he had a way of being honest while still being dishonest. He said, the place I am thinking of is called Devil's Mount. Tis a U-shaped thing with these sharp coral banks on either side, running maybe 40, 50 mile. He let that sit, sink in. Sounded bad. But then he said, I do hope, young boss, that I am outrageous mistaken. If we are in the devil's mouth, how can we be rescued? I asked angrily. It was his fault we were here. The fire pile. When aircraft fly above, they will see the smoke and fire. But they might think it's, it is a native's fisherman. No one else would come here. I could picture him nodding, thinking about that. Finally, he said, true, but we cannot fret about it, can we? We'll make camp and see what happens. He poured me a half a cup of water, saying happily, since we have made land, we can celebrate. I drank it slowly and thoughtfully.